I'm Matthew McGuire, and in this week's pod, we discuss two teams still in Europe, two teams out of Europe, the Old Firm Derby, Aftermath, a few other games in the SPFL, a couple of teams still unbeaten, transfers galore on deadline day, and we discuss Scotland's World Cup qualification journey. Richard Tobin, how are we? I'm really good. You sound really nervous about the uh, the kind of the qualification journey. I'm confident. Well, I've walked past like stadiums being built and stuff in Sydney this week that make me a, feel really positive about Scotland's journey. We're a bit depleted, but we'll we will we'll come to that in due course. So I think probably the, the logical place to start was last uh, Thursday night in Europe. Uh, Rangers uh, qualifying against Alish Kurtz over in Armenia, uh, managing a nil-all draw, a few players out with the old COVID. I got Stevie to watch G- that. That was painful. Stevie G not making the, the trip across, uh, along with uh, Alan McGregor, John McLaughlin, James Tavernier, and they were the three sort of main players that were missing. Um, Robbie McCrory having a good, good game in goals. Yeah, mission accomplished. They're into the Europa League, um, and uh, they've drawn Leon, Bronby, and one other team that escapes me right at this moment in time, but <laughs> uh, they were they were in pot two with Celtic, so obviously couldn't draw each other regardless. But yeah. um, but uh, that will, we'll, we'll come back with that one. Uh, and Celtic, uh, I, as predicted by your pundit right here, um, we it's managed to scrapey do through beat two one, but got the one score two. spot on. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Got the aggregate store to get through. And uh, yeah, look, an early goal from Tiogo made it 1-0. That should have been made it played sale in 3-0 aggregate, but typical Celtic fashion. Conceded two honking goals. Um, uh, you had man, Carl Starfelt, uh, basically missing the ball completely and he's planted foot, bouncing off that in the back of the net. And Joe uh, Joe Hart coming off and... Uh, not not attacking the ball really. I, I just sort of got shut down, and and like I said the the AZ Alkmaar player almost did his best to actually miss it, but um, managed to sort of hit the roof of the net. And uh, a little bit nervy, but better defensive performance in the second half. And Celtic are through, and they've drawn Betis. Yes, they have drawn Fenis Varos, who they've played last season or the season before. Quite, a lot, of, quite also, a lot of green and white in that group. And, and Bayer uh, Leverkusen. Bayer Leverkusen, yes, famously named after the Aspirin brand uh, Leverkusen, the big factory in the west of the Ruhr Valley, uh, who actually signed Jeremiah Fimprong or Primpong Frimpong from Celtic yes. last season, oh, the Dutch oh, international. Oh my days, he'll be coming back to Celtic Park, so um, that'll be a, a reunion. Um, but yeah, I should say a lot of green and white and some good ties there, both for Celtic and for Rangers. So that was definitely the the positive um, side of Scotland in, in Europe last week. Unfortunately, St. Johnson and Aberdeen not faring quite as well. Aberdeen getting stuck. Stunned three one by Carabag. Um, they were a, they were a decent team, and I think that's one of the things about it is that once you hear kind of Kazakhstan or something like that, it sounds like a long way away. But they're quite a good team. 
I think the old Willie Miller was very quick to dismiss Azerbaijani football uh, in the first leg and just said, oh, yes, Aberdeen will deal with them at Pedodri. And I was like, mm, think you can just turn it on like that at home. And they came with bags of confidence and uh, it was really only a late consolation penalty to Lewis Ferguson on 92 minutes that didn't really restore any respect to the, the, the tie. But um, Aberdeen are out. St. Johnson... They had a, a tougher task against Linst. Um, one nil down and then lost a bit of discipline. David Witherspoon with a trailing elbow that the referee didn't like. And that was a straight red. I, th- th- and they were doing okay to that point, actually. Mm. So they, they were kind of, they were still in the game and Witherspoon was introduced as being that sort of influence who may change it, but was no sooner there than he was off. Yeah, well, that and then Adam Rooney seeing red as well later in the match as well. Yeah. So they were down to nine men and it was Tricky. all over Red Rover by that point. So, uh, but Sparta Prague uh, is the other. Sparta Prague, thank you. Thank you. Um, yes. Look, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate because, you know, if you want Scottish football to get better, then we need more teams competing in Europe for as long as they possibly can sort of thing. So I think Aberdeen will definitely rue that as a missed opportunity. I still think Hibs could have done possibly better in their, their tie. I agree. St. Johnson were, Johnson were dealt a pretty tough hand. I mean, Galatasaray into Linsk. I mean, they are, they are, they are formidable opponents. Um, so I'm going to give them a pass. I reckon there'll be fans 20, 25 years from now that will have the pennant on their wall, like, St. Johnson versus Galatasaray and, and St. Johnson versus Lintz and, and telling their offspring about the, the famous season that St. Johnson won two cups. Well, you can see the consequences of not qualifying for Europe because uh, quite some active transfer market news for St. Johnson. But we'll come back to that. We'll put a cork in that and come back to that in a little bit. So let's address the elephant in the room, Richards. Celtic or Rangers versus Celtic. Uh, Rangers 1-0 winners on the night edged it it was a very very close run thing what were your thoughts? I thought Rangers were very fortunate uh, I think that Celtic played quite well albeit that there were probably two players and at least maybe two or three players in the park who knew that was going to be the last game they were going to be playing for Celtic uh, but equally for Rangers that they actually replaced some of the guys who had been knocked out by COVID and and McCrory, Ross McCrory and Gold, actually very creditable performance, a couple of good saves and, and there wasn't a lot in it. Very close, decent header from Hollander, but that's the nature of the old firm game. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I, I... There was, you know, going into it, you wanted a contest, and I definitely think compared to last season, Celtic definitely could have come away with all three points, could have come away with a draw. Obviously, they didn't come away with anything, but it, it was it was end to end. It was it was I thought it would be exciting to watch. Obviously, I'm Celtic fan, but like if you were if you were the neutral, you yes. enjoyed that. It was quite an enjoyable game to watch. Sometimes they can be quite stodgy affairs, but this one was actually quite end to end. Probably the the, 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 the the final cutting edge from both teams was probably was definitely lacking. I think Celtic created the two best chances in the game. Uh, Edwards, where the one came off his heel, Kyogo mm. put it on a plate for him, and then Kyogo should have spread it to Ryan Christie in the second half, 
and decided to shoot. And it was a very good save from McCrory, stuck his leg out and, and, and managed to deflect it away. Ryan Christie doing absolutely mental at Kyogo. And then Kyogo threw on goal five minutes later and should have should have shot, but then decided to screw it to Ryan Christie. And that was the wrong decision, but it was probably because yeah. he got a bollock in two minutes beforehand. So um there's a cultural thing there, and it's really interesting actually to think about that in that in that kind of context of uh, the, the the sort of um, Far East Asian culture of not wanting to upset people, and 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 I actually see that completely. That it was it was true in football in terms of decision making. There was a there was a pass to make, but you can see him as the new guy on the block being lambasted by Ryan Christie for not squaring it, and then. Okay, a better square at this time when actually he knew he probably could have shot and scored. But like I said, it was a it was an exciting game. I'm not too disheartened. I think there's a lot of positives to take away from that. I thought Juranovic, who subbed in at left back, although he's a right back, I thought he had a very commendable performance. Um I think Leon Ballard and he was man of the match for Rangers. Yeah, it was excellent. Um, he he kept Kyogo quiet for most of the match and then obviously straight up against I think it was uh, Ryan Christie after that so he managed to um, put up a stellar performance and ironically had Tavernier played because obviously he's the first choice right back, uh, right back I don't know if he'd have defended as well against Kyogo as Balladin did so in one way he was left out because of COVID but then it's just sometimes how these things work, work, work out. But um, he was definitely for me. He he put on a he put on a very very good performance at the back. As did Carl Starfelt. I thought he that was probably his best Celtic game. Um, that he, defensively he was he was sound and he, he battled really hard against both Morales and Roof and kept both of them quiet. They didn't really have opportunities in the game. So fair fair play when it's when it's due. It was a very interesting. I mean, it was a it was a really good game of football. It was good fun to watch as a neutral, and and I think that uh, there was some decent attacking from both sides, albeit that there weren't many shots on goal from either of them. But uh, I, these games are tight and and tense in ways that we'll probably never be able to describe. My favourite moment of the weekend actually was Martin Boyle's dink for oh Hibs. yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolute beauty. Uh, can I just say Livingston's away shirt is a classic. I think it's a beauty. A really good looking shirt. Uh, you know, I still got into my kind of football shirts. But uh, Martin Boyle, very classy. Yeah, look, it, there was a it was a Scott Allen back heel that released Martin Martin Boyle for the for the finish. I mean, he had a lot to do, but it was a it was a really really tidy bit of play, and that sealed the deal because that was quite late on that made it two 0 Kevin Nisbet scoring his first league goal of the season, so Aye. that was early in the second half to put them put them one up, and then yeah, Martin Boyle sealing it on a new three-year deal at the Hibbies. Ah, has he sealed a new deal? I didn't know that. Yeah, Aberdeen, were com- Aberdeen came calling and the Hibs went, nope, we're not having that. So they uh, they locked him down on a new new improved deal. And then Hibs also making a last-minute dash for Jamie McGrath and the transfer market from St. Martin, but they couldn't get the paperwork in on time. So it fell through because it was all agreed. So... Um, Scott Allen and another player, I can't remember his name, were going to St. Martin and they plus cash and they were getting Jamie McGrath back. So what's happened to Scott Allen? Because he so was how would you, such a promising talent. How would you feel if you're Scott Allen? You're like, you're out the door, but no, no, you're not, sort of thing. Aye. So really bad. Yeah. 
Football. Moving around the place. Uh, Two and a half thousand Hearts fans at Tanadichi. Um, Hearts climbing to the summit, uh, looking pretty good. Some decent, uh, a goalkeeper that you may know something about, Anthony. Yeah, well, you know, he's not Scotland's number one for no reason, Richard. You know, um, he's showing everybody why Steve Clark's putting back between the sticks. Um, I counted at least four saves in the second half. Aye. That kept. That kept 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 a kept a clean sheet for Hearts and you know Dundee United were banging at the door. There was a header, um, there was a free kick, there's some, some really good chances, and he managed to parry everything away. So he's looking in he's looking in good form. Um, Jamie Robson could have scored early for for Dundee United as well, but again, uh, Craig Rodden up to the task. Jamie yeah, Robinson's Harry. off. Uh, he's gone to Lincoln City, unfortunately. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Very, very unfortunate. I mean, I've having scored against Rangers and a decent performance against Hearts uh, is on his way. But that, I digress from the important details of the game. You know, Hearts. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, You're good. Liam Boyce took two chances to store a, store a penalty from a, another Gary McKay Stephen, uh, shall we say, trip. Um, so the, I, the the TV the camera angles weren't great, so it's hard to obviously hard to see exactly where how much contact was made. But anyway, he, Ryan Edwards brought him down one way or the other. How many um, more teams has Gary McKay Stephen got to play for before he's played for everybody in the Scottish Premiership? Well, you'd say he's probably got, had more clubs than Tiger Woods. But Monday, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Anyway. He's the sort of guy that would fall into the Clyde and come in with a watch on both hands. <laughs> um, and then Josh Janelli setting up, oh, I'm ready to mangle this guy's name, Gangelette. Uh, oh, um, French for came off the bench for Hearts to make it 2 0 at the death. So we both tipped under United. That wasn't to be. Um, but Hearts off to a flyer. And they are second in the league, as we always do, Hibs are in the Champions League position. Hearts second at the moment. Rangers climb into third on nine points with Aberdeen in fourth and they're in the UEFA Europa League Champions whatever cup it will be for the next season or two. Motherwell in qualifying Celtic in sixth. United in seventh. St. Johnson mid-table obscurity as is well deserved. Uh, Ross County. What happened on their weekend? Well, I, I was I was ready to just talk about Motherwell quickly, but we'll talk about Ross County first. Yeah, they went 1-0 up against Aberdeen. Aberdeen having a miserable week, obviously bombing out of Europe, and then obviously looking to be at home to try and restore some, you know, restore a bit of natural order, shall we say. But um, Ross County went 1-0 up. It was a pretty open affair. There was chances to lower at both ends. Um, and then... It really took a goalkeeping blunder by Ross County right at the death to uh, save Aberdeen their blushes. So Johnny Hayes shot that Keeper should have held on to, and he's managed to spill it. And uh, yeah, they've bundled it over the net in the, like, the 92nd minute. So one each. We I did predict a draw. Um, so the tripping the tripping was looking pretty good this week. Um, <laughs> Until <not> really. <laughs> <laughs> that's really. a complete lie, oh, it's complete no, lie. none of our tips ever kind of you know but yeah yours are better than mine but gamble know, gamble responsibly yes um indeed. and uh yeah so that was that uh, st Mern nil st johnson nil i've got jason Kerr and ali mccann away for a pittance that was my comment for that game because there wasn't really i didn't really get much out of the highlights but um this I is the consequence watch this is the, the consequence of, uh, and go on tell me 
Well, uh, you, they've lost their two best players for about two point six million pounds, which is an absolute like it's, it's dusting. I mean, it's a steal. It, it's a steal. It's a steal. It's not even a steal. It's like it's daylight robbery. It's it's yeah, it's disappointing. And but it keeps the what, game sustainable. <laughs> and I think that's the thing about it is that what has happened in the Scottish game recently has been this kind of keeping it sustainable. You, you'll, you'll not get St. Johnson turning into Barcelona and and suddenly having, you know, you know, six million people living in Perth and then 800,000 of them wanting to go and watch them and also paying the salaries they paid to Messi and so on and so forth and private equity getting involved, which is the big problem for Barcelona, private equity involved, and then suddenly they're not getting their return, so they have to cut their losses. Yeah, look, I mean, I I, I get that you've got to balance the books and um, it's been a very tough 18 months for football in Scotland driven the whole, you know, COVID, the same around the world, but yeah, I get all that, but I still kind of feel that somebody came crawling on the last day of the transfer window and they rolled over fairly easy to let these guys go. Um, and also I'm thinking that Celtic and Rangers, like, you know, Ali McCann for like about a million quid, the 1.6 million quid, like that seems like a... I mean, admittedly, the boy's probably going to play first-team football and he wants to play every week. So I'd fair play to him if that's the case. But I just think that Celtic Rangers missed a trick there because I think, you know, he could do well in either of those squads, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Um, I really enjoyed Tony Watt for Motherwell against Dundee. Yeah, well, he could have, he could have had a brace, but um, he, he the, the, just sort of didn't quite get onto the end of his first chance. It was slipped in by Mark O'Hara. It was a really clever pass and sort of got him in a nice bit of football but it was a glancing header off i think it was off a bevis mcgabby uh free kick yeah that uh was the the difference yeah um it was, clever. It was Carroll, back to goal and uh yeah. but just super awareness it was very yeah, good good, good, good glancing header uh, jake carroll with a straight red late with an agricultural challenge on max anderson and Jason Cummings with two second half chances, but unfortunately not Liam Kelly. Sorry, well, not unfortunately. Liam Kelly was up to the task and that denied him. And uh, they run out, won their winners. Did you um, write down agricultural in your notes there? I I did just for, just for a change of adjective. Just so I, <laughs> I have a tendency to say the same things every week, so I really try and mix it up. You know, like you know, I'm saying the same thing. I like that. Um, I think Dundee might be my most hated team now. Um, <gasps> The sign Lee Griffiths. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. <laughs> Jason Cummings, Charlie Adam. Oh, yeah. What a combination. Um, um, anyway, so well, best of luck I, to him. I, I, I support the team him. down the street uh, in, in Tanadai Street, so therefore it's fairly straightforward for me. But I, I appreciate that, that kind of additional layer of sentiment that you add to that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I did like to lead Griffiths. I hope he finds a club that will put up with him and he can get some game time and hopefully do what he does best, which is store goals on the park and not try to store with 15 year olds off the park. Um, oh, moving the on. might have to do something with that particular part. Um, all righty. Uh, well, okay. So let's talk transfers. Um, Celtic, very busy in the last 24 hours. I, I, well, I was updating my Twitter feed every every 10 minutes. Just like, come on, Celtic, come on, Celtic. And I woke up this morning and it was all just updated as I woke up this morning. So, um, uh, Juta, is that how we pronounce his name? 
Uh, Jota, Jota, sorry, Jota. Jota. So, yeah. so he comes in from Benfica on a loan with the potential to buy deal. Twenty-two, um, not the finished product, but a left winger, badly needed, especially since Ryan Christie has exited the building for, I think, about two million quid to Bournemouth. Um, Is that all? Yeah, I think it goes. I think there's a few wee potential add-ons, but he's only got six months left in his contract. He can leave ah. in a free in January, so they're lucky to get anything really. So it's just so they can secure his services as of as of now, rather than waiting until waiting until January because he 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 had a mid mid season contract for some reason. Don't ask me why. Uh, Odds to Edward off to Crystal Palace with uh, Anelka. Um, so that's around about the fifteen million pound mark um probably not as much as obviously Celtic fans probably rated him maybe 18 months ago but given our current form I'd say that's probably still pretty fair going with only a year left on the contract I think um, offline we've had a couple of discussions about how Olivier and Cham um was pretty disgruntled not the pre-season just gone but last season in the first couple of months of COVID and how he's keen to move on and how he's probably agitated and at the same time Edward and a couple of others probably had no interest in 10 in a row and had done everything and thought thought they'd probably achieved everything they were going to achieve at Celtic and were keen to move on that would have been an ideal moment in my view for Celtic to cash in. I think the the lesson learned for Celtic here is when somebody's m- num- number is up and the 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 money is good, you take it because th- there's no guarantee it's going to be like that in twelve months' time. Like you take it when you can get it, and and the, and the Celtic have done this. The Biata he had an offer on the table, they knocked it back. He ended up going for nothing, next to nothing. Edwards, Ryan Christie, probably at one point there was interest there. I mean, they got lucky with Chris Iyer, um, so they, they still managed to get some good business with him. And I mean, Edward, fifteen million. All right. The thing is that forty percent of the profit goes to PSG, so they'll actually only end up walking away with about twelve, which is still a little bit more than the eight or nine that they paid for him originally. So, still better than nothing. Um, Jack Henry Karen, went from Ostend to Club Bruges. Yes, well, yeah, so there's a bit of a money move there. So Ostend activated a buyout clause on the loan deal at the end of the season. So he went for one and a half million quid. And then I think we believe it's somewhere in the realm of about seven and a half million that he the transfer. So again, Celtic losing out there in one one regard. Well, it's um, nine million euros, so I'm not sure what that is in dollars. Well, seven and a half, in. I think. But seven, but seven and a half. Okay. Uh, Cameron Carter's Vickers comes in from Spurs, American centre half. He comes in on a loan with a potentially buy deal. And then the Georgie, Georgie Giacomakis, um, the top goal scorer in the Eredivisie Air, last season for relegated VVV Venlo. Um, he comes in on a two and a half million pound deal. Um, Rangers not si- has left yeah, Rangers yeah, to go to yeah. Gruner Firth. So he's on a he's on a loan with potentially buy. As did there other another player went as well. Where are we? Nicola, yeah, Katic. He he went to Hedjuk Splits on a loan deal as well. Mm. So that's surely the only business for Rangers. So they've shipped a couple of players out on loan but haven't sold anybody because there was a lot of thing around Barisic. They kind of thought that that was his last game. So I don't know whether that fell through. And there was obviously a lot of interest by Everton for Nathan Patterson, but Rangers told them to get real with their asking price. So he is still a Rangers player. So Rangers really rolling the dice with their squad 
to the end of the season, obviously trying to get that Champions League money. Interesting time. So the other kind of major comment I made is like Nathan Wood, who's come from Middlesbrough to play for Hibs in the coming season. But that's pretty much it beyond it. Yeah, there's so much interesting, so much movement and almost completely refreshed squad for Celtic in, in the times that they've been looking a wee bit kind of jaded. Um, we could talk about transfers all night, but Scotland are playing in Denmark tonight. There's nothing like a Dane. Uh, bit of a Scotland connection there. Assistant manager is Morton Vighorst, who did play for Celtic and Dundee. Yes. Um, so he was he did a wee interview for the BBC. So he's actually really looking forward to the return leg at Hamden. He wants to bring his family because it's his, it's, his, it's his home or his second home. Um, how do you see us one playing it? Uh, Richard's Scotland severely depleted. Uh, COVID cases, so no John McGinn. Um, I think... Uh, sorry, James Forrest and Greg Taylor are out, uh, as is James. Uh, sorry, James, I was going to say James Nisbet, uh, Kevin Nisbet, um, not the actor, the football. Same guys. Uh, <laughs> who actually looks a lot like Johnny Forrester, our good friend. So, hi, Johnny. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so how, how do you see this one panning out? Interesting, because Denmark have lost a couple of decent players. They've lost Yannick um, Vestergaard, they've lost Martin Braithwaite, the Barcelona person. Um, Kasper Dahlberg, who was involved in that Nice-Marseille game where the, all the kind of Nice fans spilled onto the park and Marseille decided they weren't going to continue. And Christian Eriksen, of course, who's been their talismanic kind of midfielder who may never play football again, actually, um, yeah. you know, after that particular chain of events. So defensively, Scotland are okay. They've got loads of options. We could literally five or six. This this could be the one where you could justifiably play the nine one zero. And and I always had we we always have a chat about it and have a laugh and say, Denmark, are they any good? Well they are, but you know, statistically, two countries, five million, both love football, and um, both passionate about their ability to attack. I can't see us not having a go. They've they've still got good old Che up front and uh, and and Lyndon Dykes who led the line actually admirably um, in the absence of anyone else who wanted to do it. Our biggest gaps, I think, are in midfield. Yeah, well, Billy Gilmore's back, so that that will definitely help because he obviously put on a bit of a masterclass against England. So he's back in the he'll presumably be back in the midfield. So you can probably see a a a, a Callum McGregor. Um, Billy Gilmore uh, and I don't know if, uh, the who I don't know who would go out of the the remaining three there of that, but uh, I can tell you're already worried. Well, I mean, you could you, Kenny McLean, you've got Lewis Ferguson on his debut. He's been called up. Ryan Christie's there as well, so you've got options. And then you know, um, even like a David Turnbull potentially as well. Um, and then. At the back, we're probably missing a right back because I think Stephen O'Donnell's out, as is Nathan Patterson, due to COVID or being related, linked to cases. So, who's your goalkeeper? To... Oh, Craig Gordon. There we go. Yeah, I reckon that's the biggest thing, and 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 we laugh about this, and we've talked about it many times. But a goalkeeper saves you so much over a campaign, and if you've got a decent keeper in form, and he's in form, brilliant. Yeah, look, I tell you what, if we can get a draw over there, uh, them, I think that would be a great point, and I'd definitely be taking that. 
Take so I'll take them to, to win one like two one at the park and and then go back to uh, well, Hamden at the weekend against Moldova and then draw one one. <laughs> well, I mean that would be Scotland, wouldn't it? But um, hopefully a, a point away, a win against a win at home against Moldova and then Austria. Well, well, that's again. another draw. That's another score draw. Oh, like I said, we'll take it, but. Um, yeah, I think Billy Do- I think Billy Domo's gonna be gonna be critical here, especially we know John McGinn in the midfield. So a lot is going to rest on his very young shoulders. And Norwich aren't off to the best start in the Premier League, but they have played the, the top four sides the first four games of the season. So yeah. not uh, not an easy start by any stretch. Do you have any final thoughts this week? Um, I, I just it was a tweet that I saw last night, it made me giggle because oh, actually last night or this morning, I'll, I'll lose track of Time and days every night it was probably actually earlier this morning when I'm strolling through my phone. Um, Sheffield Football Club posted, go to bed, we're skint, there's no more transfers tonight. <laughs> just telling everyone at like at quarter to midnight, just go to bed, like we're not we're not signing anybody else. So like, you know, so the the, the, the Twitter the Twitter master there wins the internet for the for the day. Uh, I'd just like to congratulate Rangers on their very prompt uh, action against the supporters' bus and the the songs on the supporters' bus. Uh, I was really upset over the weekend about some of the anti-Irish racism um, in in parts of Glasgow, and I hope that um, you know it's it's always kind of brushed away as a societal thing, but people attach themselves to the football club and I hope that that thing is something that is addressed in early course. I think it's something that really, really makes a difference and and will continue to make a difference in Scottish football. I'm looking forward to chatting again about how it all pans out in the Europa and the European fixtures, Antonio. Yes, World Cup qualifiers incoming. We will dissect it all next week. I'm sure there will be highs and lows because it's Scotland, so that's, that's a given. Um, Richard, a pleasure as always. Um, guys, if you want to leave a review, by all means, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, any of your favorite platforms. Get, get, get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. We're on all the social media channels as well, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and Instagram. So, yeah, reach out. Let us know what you think. If you want us to cover something, just like I said, leave a, leave a comment or a question. And, uh, yeah. All the best, and uh, let's hope Scotland gets three wins. Richard, speak to you again next week. Brilliant. Cheers, Anthony. Bye.